Good morning and welcome once again to High Point Online. My name is Amy and I'm on the leadership team here and it's so wonderful to be with you today. What I want you to do right now is I want you to think of the last uh, video, uh, maybe it was a TikTok or a reel, think of the last thing that you saw that maybe was a viral video that had millions of hits that captivated you. It could be uh, the child that like was determined to hit that box jump. I don't know if you guys have seen that one. It's crazy. Uh, it could be uh, the recent one I saw was like this girl's doing this artwork and it's like super fast speed, you know, so it's probably hours that it's taking her to do this. And she uses water and paint and all this stuff. And you don't really understand what's happening in the painting but then she gets out a hair dryer and hits the thing and it turns into this unbelievable art piece and you're like oh my gosh it's the ocean shoreline it's amazing what's the last thing that you've seen that amazed you maybe it was someone's crazy skill or talent my kids love watching people are amazing on YouTube and all these trick shots and stunts that these people do not realizing that it's taken a lot of practice to get to that level of skill. It's taken some time to get there. We don't see the hours of work that they're putting into these uh, pieces, uh, these art pieces, the, the you know, amazing stunt, the bottle flip, you know, that's the, that's the other thing is like, they were able to flip six bottles at one time. Yeah. What's the last thing you've seen? How much time do you think it took for people to actually nail those shots and to get that skill set level. My son, uh, Morgan, recently started taking piano lessons. He loves the piano, he loves to play. And so we put him in lessons at the beginning of the year. And he you know, was super excited and he went through his first, second, third lesson and he was loving it, right? But by the fourth lesson, he looked at his teacher and he was like, so when am I gonna get to play the hard songs. And she was like, well, what do you mean by that? And he said, you know, the ones where your hands go like this. And what was funny is Morgan, he had a love for the piano and he wanted to go from step one to 100 while skipping steps two through 99. He wanted to skip the boring, mundane, learning how to play the scales, learning what the notes on the line and the spaces mean, how many beats are in a measure. He doesn't want to take that time. He just wants to go from one to 100. But when we think about our faith, let's think about that for a minute. Let's think about the skill sets we're talking about, these people doing these amazing trick shots, learning to be a skilled uh, piano player. Uh, maybe you see an actor that's just like won all these awards, but forget the years that they've put into it. Well, what, what does that mean when it comes to our faith? The time that we put into it, the hours that we put into it, that we sow into the time in the Bible. Why does that even matter? Because you're probably not out to become a biblical scholar, right? I'm not. I love reading the Bible, but that's not really my goal. My goal is not to be the most well-versed person on the planet when it comes to Scripture. So why does it matter that I would even give my time to something like reading my Bible? Let's take a look at this. In, in the Bible, in Luke chapter 6, we're going to see why it's important to give time to what the Word says. 
Luke 6, 46 through 49, it says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they're like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. And when a flood came, the torrent struck that house, but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. Another translation might say sand. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. When we talk about the Bible, it makes me think of when I was a teenager. I grew up in a Christian home and was surrounded by the Bible stories. I was surrounded by uh, the messages uh, that my dad would preach, that the other pastor would preach. I heard a lot of things. I felt um, a love for God, but I didn't really know God very well. And my Bible... <laughs> It was really a beautiful accessory in my bedroom. It was like the perfect like thing on my nightstand. I had my lamp, always had a glass of water, didn't have a phone at the time because, you know, technology wasn't where it is today. And um, I had my Bible sitting there and it was navy blue and it said Amy Graham on it. And it just was a pretty accessory. I felt safe. I felt like a better Christian because I had a Bible. But if you were to ask me to open it, I couldn't tell you what was in it. And I had a friend come over one day and she was just sitting in my room and she opened it up and she's like, so what's in this thing? And I wasn't able to tell her. I wasn't able to figure out where to even go to, to start that conversation. You might be sitting here this morning and say that you believe in God, but you don't have any idea like I did at the time. What's in the Bible? What's in this thing that we as followers of Jesus live by? Maybe uh, you want to grow in your faith, but you just don't have time for it. Your schedule's too busy. I really need that extra hour of sleep. I mean, I hear that. I know that that's a real thing. Uh, maybe it's, you know, uh, maybe you maybe you've been doing this a while and you're like, well, does God really care? Does he really see me? Does he really care about my like tiny little role on this earth, my marriage, my kids, my job? Does he really see me? Or maybe you're super successful. Maybe you've worked really hard and you've made it really well for yourself and you don't really have a need for something. When we first moved into our home here in Georgia, we have a basement that's unfinished. And we had this um, really bad stretch of time where it rained for days. And I remember um, we were sitting in our living room upstairs and we heard water, but I thought it was just our old plumbing because our plumbing makes tons of sound in our house. And so I just assumed, oh, a kid left the water running or it's dripping into the sink. So we stopped everything and we could still hear the water. And so we realized, oh my gosh, it's coming from the basement in our house. And we ran down here and we have this one back wall that's all these cement blocks. And there were just tiny little holes in all these blocks and water was coming out. And of course, I started to panic and I grabbed Tupperware that was about the size of this Bible. 
<laughs> and I ran to the hole in the wall. There's like 15 holes spraying water, but I go to the one and I'm like, Andy, get another bucket. And he's like, what are you doing? Like, you're, you're, this is impossible. And I'm like, no, no, we can save it. We can save it. And the whole point of this story is we had a really secure looking basement in our home, but when the water and the flooding came, it revealed a lot of cracks that were in it. And so my question for you today, my hope is that you would stop and you would ask yourself, what am I building my life on? What am I building my life upon? Romans 15, four says this. We asked this question earlier. We're gonna answer it before the end of this message, but why does it matter that we get in this Bible? How do we know we can trust it? Romans 15, four, it says, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures, the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. When we read the word, our faith is strengthened and the hope that we have in Jesus is secure. When we read the word, there's something that happens to our faith. You know, a lot of times, uh, you, you may even just be here and participating with us online. You may say, I've actually put my faith in Jesus. I believe he's the son of God. You know, so I'm, I know I'm going to be going to heaven. Um, I don't really see the point in having anything else to do with my faith. Like that part set. So why deal with anything else? But here's why we should. Because the Bible is so rich, full of truth that speaks specifically to things in our life. It gives you so much wisdom. Oh my goodness, when you have a decision before you, I know every single person here has had life decisions before you. You've had a big decision to make at some point in your life. If you're a teenager, your big decision might not be the same as maybe your parents, but it still means a lot to you. And God teaches us how to walk in wisdom and make good choices, how to make life choices. James 3.17 says that we'll have wisdom from heaven, not to just make choices, but how to interact with people. It teaches us that wisdom from heaven is considerate. That wisdom of heaven is full of mercy. How many people need to be treated with consideration and mercy? I wanna be treated that way. This is how God teaches us through his Bible how to treat each other with wisdom. The word of God strengthens you. What about when it comes to things that we need to overcome? What if maybe there's just a cyclical thing in your life that, you know, you have like you do really well January through March and then April, May, you're kind of getting on the rocks. Then summer, you just tank and you're like, I'm going to I'm going to get back into this thing and I'm going to try. And then life seems to even out a little bit. And so you're like, well, I guess I don't need that. I'll just go back to doing what I'm doing. And then you just experience it over and over. Or maybe there's an addiction. Maybe there's a thought process in your life that just keeps going in the rut and you need help to get out of it. Well, guess what? The word of God teaches us that we are overcomers in Christ. And here's what Jesus says in John 16, He says, I've told you all these things so that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But here's the hope. Take heart because I have overcome the world. That is good news to us this morning. The word of God strengthens you. What about fear? When I think about how I used to be afraid as a child, I had two things. 
that scared me. <sighs> Don't laugh. The dark, okay? All of y'all can relate to that. And the Wicked Witch from The Wizard of Oz. Here's the thing. The flying monkey thing didn't scare me. The, you know, all the, the tornado didn't scare me. It was the Wicked Witch. And in my home in, in uh, Arkansas, where, we, where I grew up, the staircase, at the bottom of the staircase, like when you got to the top, was the bathroom. And if I had to get up in the middle of the night as a kid to go to the bathroom, it was like a three, two, one, run, because I knew the Wicked Witch was at the bottom of the stairs. But my fears changed a little bit as I got older. Now, I don't know about you, but I have those things that flood my mind in the middle of the night that keep me awake at 3 a.m. We just had a moment this last week where a child came into our room and basically wanted to have a 10-minute conversation at 2.30, and so I couldn't go back to sleep. And rather than, you know, just dreaming and drifting off into Wonderland again, I began to think about all the things that I was afraid of. God, have I done the right thing with leading my family? God, am I making the right financial decisions? Lord, how am I going to pay for this? How am I going to do this? Oh my gosh, his health. Is he crying right now? Is he coughing right now? Am I teaching her how to walk in boldness? Am I teaching her how to be secure in you, Lord? Oh my gosh, what are they going to do when they're teenagers, when they get a phone? You know, and those things just start rolling in your head. And sometimes it's a lot bigger than worrying about a teenager with a phone. Sometimes it's a health crisis. Sometimes it's, I don't know how we're going to put food on the table. When real fear comes in, the Word of God will strengthen you because here's what His truth says. And these are just a few things. In Psalm 23, it says, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because why? You are with me. In Psalm 27, it says, You are my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Of whom shall I be afraid? Because you are the strength of my life. Psalm 46, Matthew 8, all these scriptures, I could go on and on. If you have a Bible, go to a concordance and look at what the scriptures say about fear. There's tons. But if I don't get in the Word, and I don't learn what God says about those things, how am I going to be strengthened? The Word of God strengthens you. It teaches you how to tell others about Jesus. It teaches you to encourage others. I, don't, I have friends who on days that are really dark, I thank God that they know Jesus because they pull out this Word and they speak life into me and they encourage me and they tell me, don't give up. Remember, God goes before you. He's with you on every side of you. Don't be afraid. Remember, you don't need to fear because He's with you. We need that. The Word of God strengthens you. It helps you to tell others about Jesus. It helps you to lead others. It helps you to have faith for healing. Back, uh, I, my husband shared recently about a journal entry that he wrote in 2011 about our oldest son. And uh, he dealt with a lot of allergy, eczema, um, and asthma issues as a young child. And so, you know, it was very new to us and we didn't really know how to handle it. So we prayed through that and, um, you know, we got through it. But then in 2013, we had our third child and um, he ended up having a lot of the same issues, but in a very severe 
way, specifically with his skin and allergic reactions. And we got to the point where we spent so much time and so much money trying to figure out what is going on. Doctor after doctor, we went to like the high-end doctors, you know, that are like on Oprah. And then we went to like the holistic doctors that like had lasers and they were like, just point this laser at his feet, he'll be fine. Not kidding you. We paid thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars for uh, doctor visits, for blood tests, for creams that burned his little skin and didn't do a thing. We spent hours of nightly regimens of bath time and then cream and then wetsuit and then more cream and then I mean, you name it, bandages and all these things. I even brought it with me today because I just, I keep these as a little bit of a memorial to remind me, and I'm not going to show you all of it, but there are just tons of creams, his little bandages that he would wear uh, when we would wrap him up, and it wasn't just at nighttime. It was in the daytime. It was in the hot summer months. We have friends that walked with us through this season, and they can tell you it was hard it was hard to not get to take your kids to the pool. It was hard to not put your baby in shorts and a t-shirt. And we didn't know what to do. We didn't know how we were going to get through this. We tried every type of diet. We tried every type of cleanse. If you think you have an allergy to something, we basically eliminated it from his diet. We tried everything. And it got to the point where I was physically exhausted. I was mentally exhausted. I was emotionally exhausted. And I was spiritually dry. I was just, I felt a little hopeless, if I can say that. There was a day that I remember so clearly, and it was a day that repeated itself quite a bit during the season of our lives. But on those days, that I spiritually just didn't feel like I could give anything else. I would go to my living room, not in this house, but in another one where we started this church. And I would stand in front of the fireplace because our TV was right there. And I would get my song and I would put it on there because this is what I knew from years of reading the word, the word that strengthened me. I began to remember it says that faith comes by hearing, hearing the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. And I didn't have the faith to even say anything. I didn't have the faith to speak these scriptures and to build myself up in it. I had to hear it from somebody else. And there was this song by Hillsong called I Desire Jesus. And I put that on and my other kids at the time, you know, they're probably playing with Hot Wheels and My Little Pony behind me. But I got that music and I cranked it up and I just held my son and I just listened to it over and over, over and over, over and over. I let the words of this song, which were from the word of God pour over me. And it wasn't even a song about healing. It wasn't even a song about hope. It literally said, I desire you, Jesus. I desire you. You are all glorious. You are all glorious. My heart leans in and my soul must sing that you are all glorious. 
And I just held him and I listened over and over. And I had to hear it because I couldn't say it. But wouldn't you know that after putting it on three times, <laughs> I began to be able to say that, holding my son. And I would say, you are all glorious. You are all glorious. My heart leans in. My soul must sing. You are all glorious. And I just kept playing it over and over. And then I began to sing it. And I sang it as loud as I could. Because I've, I heard a friend say this once, when I believe it the least is when I sing it the loudest. And I began to sing that and declare that and sing that and declare that you are all glorious. You are all glorious. And my faith began to rise. Because remember, what does the scripture say? It says that we will be strengthened, that our faith will be strengthened and our hope will come because our hope is in Jesus. And my faith began to rise and I couldn't stop singing. And then God did what only he can do. And he began reminding me of person after person situation after situation in this scripture where people felt hopeless, where mountains felt insurmountable. And he said to those mountains, move. And they moved and he made the impossible possible. And I began remembering things that God had done in my life, the healing that he brought to me as a child, when I almost died from an allergic reaction in the hospital, when I had a hip disease and was told I wouldn't be able to walk, God healed me and he brought me out of that. And I remembered what his word said. And because I remembered that, my faith was strengthened. And I can't tell you that I walked away from that day and Morgan was completely healed because that didn't happen on that day. But what did happen on that day and on the days before and the days after that was my soul was refreshed by the word of God. My hope was renewed. My strength was restored. My faith rose up because the scripture is true. The scripture is true. The word of God strengthens you. Romans 15, 13 says this, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The word of God strengthens you. You may have never cracked this thing open before. You may not even believe that Jesus is who he says he is or who I say he is. But if you're curious, if you're searching, the promise is, is that God meets you exactly where you are. He doesn't jerk you into believing. He kindly leads you because he loves you. And the word of God strengthens us. It gives us hope and not just hope for healing in our medical situation, not just hope for help in our financial situation, not just hope in this life, but hope in what's to come. Many of you have lost loved ones. Many of you have experienced great loss and grief and mourning with each other is extremely important. The Bible teaches us that we are to mourn with those who mourn and weep with those who weep. And rejoice with those who are rejoicing. 
and laugh with those who are laughing. God teaches us so much. Everything we need is in here. We just have to take the time to get into it. Wherever you are, He will meet you where you are. Back to that scripture and to that question. Romans 15, 4, it says, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement that they provide, what? We might have hope. So why does it matter? Why does it matter that you and I read the Bible? Even if you aren't a Christian, even if you aren't a believer, why does it matter? So that we might have hope. Not just hope in this life, but hope in heaven and what's to come. We don't have an idea of what time looks like for us, right? But I know that there's more than just putting your faith in Jesus. He's given us hope while we're here, and we need it desperately. And oh, thank God for the hope that we have of what's to come. I want to pray for you this morning. Maybe you need hope. Maybe it's been a long time since you've opened your Bible. Maybe you've never really read your Bible. One of the things Andy's been talking about is cracking it open and starting in the book of Mark. You can do that. It's super easy. We have it literally available on your smartphone for free. The YouVersion app is a free Bible app in any translation you need. Maybe you need hope this morning. Maybe you're tired of saying, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. You're in that cycle and you're ready for that cycle to stop. Or maybe maybe you're longing to experience the hope of salvation today. Maybe you've been journeying and watching online, maybe reading a few uh, positive quotes out there and you're like, man, I really need something in my life that's more than what I can see. Well, the good news for you this morning is that you can have hope in Jesus. We live in a fallen world. We live in a broken world. And you don't have to look far to see that. But the hope is that God sent Jesus to heal the broken world, to heal our fallen world. We're here. God's here. And Jesus came and he bridged that gap. He made the way. We can have hope in him today. The word of God strengthens you. Let's pray. God, we just thank you so much. Lord, I thank you even just for reminding my, my heart today of the things that you've done in my own life. But God, I pray right now for all of those who are online with us this morning. Lord, I pray for those who need hope today. I pray that they would stand on the scriptures, Lord, uh, Romans 15, Lord, where they can have hope, where they can take heart, God, because you have overcome the world. Lord, would you bring hope into their life? God, I pray for those who have had just a dormant faith, God, who haven't really taken that next step, God, who haven't uh, cracked open their Bibles in a long time, but they've believed in you for a long time. God, I pray that you would awaken their heart today, awaken their soul, let them read this word, let, it, let them be hungry for it, God, and be reminded 
that your word strengthens them. And God, I pray for my friends, Lord, who are just not sure about their faith. They're not sure about who you are and and what this whole religion is about. God, I pray you would meet them where they are today. God, I pray that things would stand out to them like never before. God, I pray for friendships in their life that they can go to and talk to and ask questions. Because God, you are a God of hope. And no matter where we are, God, we need you so bad. We need you so desperately. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. And we stand on that word today in Jesus' name.